Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about the five reasons most people either stop pursuing or never finish producing that God idea, and three reasons why you must pursue and produce that God idea. Before we get into those points, let's first break down the two types of mindsets most people have when it comes to God ideas. The first mindset is the storage facility mindset. And the second mindset is the manufacturing mindset. See, the storage facility mindset is a mindset I wrote here uh, that collects ideas that collects dust. What that means is this. They have a mind that welcomes, that, that allows the God idea to come in, but it just sits there. It just collects dust. It just stays there. It doesn't uh, uh, produce its, its internal gift. It doesn't find life. But a manufacturing mindset takes in raw ideas, refines them, releases them, and re and receives a return. So you got to determine which mindset you have when it comes to God ideas. God is looking for individuals who have a manufacturing mindset, a mindset that can take the raw ingredients, the raw materials of an idea and has the systems and strategies and structures and conveyor belts that allows that idea to take life. God doesn't want our ideas to just sit. He wants those ideas to be sent. But we have to create uh, strategies. We got to create systems in order for those ideas to be able to morph and produce what God intended for them to produce so they can produce for you. For instance, I've created systems and structures in my mind to take book ideas, to take video ideas, to take whatever God idea and automatically be able to produce it. But if we do not have this manufacturing mindset and we only have a storage facility mindset, then your God ideas will only collect dust and it won't go out into the world and bring back what you desire to have. And that's why when you think of ideas as seeds, if the seeds are not planted, the seed cannot pr produce what's in it. The issue when it comes to God ideas, we only see the one idea. I heard a person say this. See, we only see the amount of seeds we have, but only God can see how many fruits are inside that seed. Meaning this, when you look at that God idea, you may just say, this is just one book. This is just one business. This is one thing. But God is the only one that's able to see how many fruits will produce off of that seed if planted. So you got to begin to assess, do you have a storage facility mindset or a mindset that can manufacture a God idea and send it out in the world and then receive the benefits in it? Now, here are the differences between a bad idea good idea and a God idea. I want to make sure I make this clear because a lot of people may be entertaining a good idea, but it's not a God idea. Or some people is entertaining a bad idea and it's not the idea that they should be pursuing. So here are the three differences or the differences between a bad idea, good idea, and God idea. I wrote here, a bad idea typically refers to a concept, plan, or decision that is considered unwise impractical or likely to lead to negative consequences. A bad idea is often characterized by its potential to cause harm, failure, or undesirable outcomes. A bad idea is an idea most people invest in only for the moment, but they don't think about the moments that follow. They don't think about uh, uh, the harm, potential harm or failure or undesirable outcomes. So a bad idea it is typically or considered unwise, impractical, and would typically lead to negative consequences. Now, let's get to a good idea. A good idea is generally seen 
as a concept plan or decision that is sensible, well thought out, and likely to lead to positive outcomes. It demonstrates practicality, feasibility, and aligns with goals, values, and ethical considerations, but it's not a God idea. See, a good idea seems right. The Bible says, uh, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a lot of people, even in relationships that you are compatible with, but that doesn't mean that's God's counterpart. I'm compatible with a lot of people, but God has a chosen, or God has... God had a chosen one for me. So when you think about <clears throat> how specific and strategic and selective God is, you will begin to say, God, I want your best. I want your God idea uh, for, uh, for marriage. I want your idea for, for, for parenting. I want your idea. And a lot of us are entertaining good ideas because they generally seem as a concept, plan, or decision that is sensible. It makes sense. It, it could even be, could have been well thought out and likely to lead to positive outcomes. So all those things are true, but it's not the truth. And that's why it's important for us to be able to know what a God idea is, which is this. God ideas refers to a concept, plan, or inspiration that is believed to be divinely inspired or guided by the wisdom of God. It encompasses ideas that align with the principles and teachings found in the Bible, reflecting values such as love, kindness, and an adherence to God's will. Seeking God's wisdom through prayer, meditation on scripture, and a commitment to aligning one's plans with his purpose are integral, integral to discerning a God idea. Such ideas are expected to bear fruits in accordance with the virtues outlined in the Bible. Fostering qualities like love, joy, peace, and goodness. Ultimately, a God idea is one that seeks to honor and glorify God in his pursuit and implementation. So you see how dense and how layered the God idea is? So when we begin to think about the ideas we pursue, we got to ask ourselves these questions. We got to ask ourselves, does it uh, encompasses or align with the principles and teachings found in the Bible? If I'm not familiar with the Bible, then I'm going to end up liable pursuing something that wasn't in the Bible. So if I don't know enough of the Bible to discern if it's a God idea, then my, the chances of me pursuing a God idea or having a God courage to implement it won't be there. It says, for those who pursue God ideas, they seek wisdom through prayer, meditation on scripture, and a commitment to aligning one's plans with his purpose. Meaning that this uh, individual who pursue God ideas, are, are, they take the necessary time needed to ensure if they should feed it. They take time to say, okay, hey, God, I'm going to seek you. See, a lot of people, when they get into relationships or it's a good idea, that that individual is a good individual, which then sparks a good idea of a relationship, they don't take the necessary time. Most people care about what they want from God more than they care about who God is. They care more about God's, uh, uh, what they want from him versus his will. And the Bible says the will of God is our sanctification. The more sanctified we become, the more clarity we have. The more clarified things are when we are allowed, when we allow ourselves to be sanctified. So when we know that sanctification is God's will for us, then we'll welcome the process of being sanctified by God so that our minds can be renewed. So we'll be able to properly dis 
discern and distinguish between good and evil and good and God. The Bible says to go from milk to meat, that those who eat the mature food are individuals whose discernment, their powers of discernment has been trained by practicing how to distinguish between good and evil. And so the more that you begin to immerse yourself in the 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 uh the tenets of discernment, then you'll begin to say, okay, before I even pursue it, I'm gonna discern it. It also says such ideas are expected to bear fruit. It's expected for God ideas to produce fruit with the virtues outlined in the word of God. It says ultimately a God idea is one that seeks to honor and glorify God in his pursuits and implementation. See, God just doesn't want us to pursue it. He wants us to implement it. Meaning he wants us to install it in the marketplace, install it wherever it was meant to be installed. God wants you to uh, pursue that book idea and then install it. He, he wants you to pursue that business and then install it. He wants you to see it through, my boy. He wants you to see it through, uh, daughter. He wants you to see it through and install it. Some people, they'll pursue it, but they won't implement it. But the ultimate goal of a God idea is an idea inside of an individual who desires to glorify God in the pursuit of it and the implementation. So you got to have a mindset before going and pursuing it. You got to say, God, your will be done, not my will, but thine will. I'll decrease so that you can increase. God, I will follow you and not only follow you, but I'll follow through with you. So a bad idea, bad outcomes. Good idea, good outcome, but not a God outcome. A God idea ensures that it's it pursued and implement. Let's keep going now. Discerning the difference between a good idea and a God idea. Let's get there. I want to help you guys be able to properly discern the difference. So discerning the difference between a good idea and a God idea involves seeking spiritual guidance and aligning your decisions with your faith. Here are five key things to help you discern. Number one, prayer and seeking God's wisdom. Regular and earnest prayer is essential in discerning whether an idea is aligned with God's will. Seek guidance through prayer, asking for wisdom, clarity, and confirmation. The Bible encourages us to ask for wisdom, James 1, 5, and through prayer, we may receive insight and direction that goes beyond human understanding. You and I must understand that God ideas typically surpasses our understanding. God ideas are big ideas. Why are God ideas big ideas? Because it requires the individual to rely on a big God to see the big idea to come through. God does not want to do business with you and you do business without him. Meaning he wants uh, uh, you to be involved in the process with him. He, he wants you to be like David and or David versus Goliath. He wants he wants you to be in partnership with him. He wants you to be partnership with, with like he was with Joseph in the Pharaoh's dream. He wants to be in partnership like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fire. He doesn't want you to do something without him. Therefore, it has to be bigger than you. The giant was bigger than David. The dream was bigger than the nation of Egypt. Like the 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 of uh, the of uh, all the things that God used, the people were bigger than them because it required a big God. And if you're not a person of prayer, then you're not a person that's going to be able to pursue God ideas or have the internal confident power to actually implement it and install it in the world for it to bring things to you. 
So we have to be people that are praying people, people that seek God's will. People are in constant conversation so that we'll be able to, in a moment's notice, be able to recognize that's not a God idea. It sounds good. It looks good. Smells good. Looks good. All that good stuff is good, but it ain't God. Number two, scriptural alignment. Compare the idea with the teachings and principles found in the Bible. A God idea should align with the moral and ethical values outlined in scripture. Consider whether the idea promotes love, kindness, compassion, and other virtues emphasized in the Bible. If the idea contradicts or goes against biblical principles, it may not be a God idea. That is key. If we don't know enough for the Bible, we're going to be liable to pursue something that's not in the Bible. And we got to begin to think about it. Do I know enough of the word of God? Do I understand the principles and the patterns and the, and the perspectives that God wants me to embody to ensure that I know exactly what it is that I'm pursuing? Number three, confirmation through wise counsel. Seek advice and counsel from wise and spiritually mature individuals. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many counsel. Consulting with trusted mentors, pastors, or spiritually mature friends can provide additional perspectives and insight that may help confirm or redirect your understanding of the idea. That's key. Counselors, pastors, spiritual mature individuals are only going to confirm what God has said or what, confirm what God has wrote, written. Either they're going to confirm what God has said to you or they're going to confirm what he has written in the word. But you never go off what you've heard from them. You take what they heard and you still take it to God because a lot of a lot of us preachers, pastors, spiritual mature people can still give you a good idea, but not a God idea. We can look at a person, but oh, y'all look great together. Oh, everything seems right. And then all of a sudden it wasn't right. And so but it is wisdom seeking counsel because those people know the word a little bit more than you. They understand scripture more than you. They may understand God more. Than, we're not talking about people who just have a title of past. We're talking about fruit bearing individuals. We're talking about people who walk with God, people who talk with God, people uh, who, who, who embrace the things of God. And it's evident in life. Talk to them. Those individuals will give you the clarity you need on the confirmation letting you know whether you yep that bears witness with my spirit or that bears witness with the scripture and is leading you towards deeper clarity from god number four peace and inner confirmation pay attention to the inner sense of peace or un unrest regarding the idea philippians 4 7 says the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds by christ jesus as a guide, use that scripture as a guide for decision-making. If you experience a deep, abiding peace about the idea, it may be a positive indication. On the contrary, persistent unease or lack of peace could suggest that the idea might not be in alignment with God's plan. So you got to begin to say, do I have God's peace? We're not talking about the counterfeit peace, the peace that we conjure up the peace that we make believe to be peace we're talking about a deep 
river, deep knowing peace, an unshakable peace, a, a peace that surpasses your fear of failure, your fear of success, your fear of uh, insecurities, your inadequacies, it surpasses all that. And no matter what thoughts come here, that peace is welloping here. Or the same place where you feel the peace, the Holy Spirit will send unease. He'll say, yo, this ain't it. How many of us have been guilty standing in front of a person we really liked, standing in front of a person that really liked us, and they want a relationship, and you do too, and the Holy Spirit said, this ain't the one for you, but we said, Holy Spirit, we good on this. We don't need you for this, and we suppressed it, and then faked prayer to prayed about it, and then told everyone that we have a peace about it, and then it fell into pieces. So if you don't have that deep inner peace that surpasses your understanding, that deep peace or that deep unrest, then man, that's not God's best. Examination of motives, number five. Evaluate the motives behind the ideas. So key. A God idea often involves motives that go beyond personal gain and reflect the desire to honor God and serve others. Check whether your intentions aligns with selfless, selflessness, love, and a genuine concern for the well-being of others. If your motives are primarily rooted in personal ambition or gain, it may be worth reassessing the idea in light of God's purposes and values. Very key here. This is one that I use, look at often. I, look, I use all five of these, but that one's big. I examine my motives. Is it all about the money? Or it's all about people becoming who they need to be. Because before you pursue a God idea, you have to be a man of God. You have to be a woman of God, a man, a woman, a God individual in order to pursue a God idea. You got to be a godly individual in order for you to really have the right motives to pursue a God idea. And oftentimes God wants to create you to become his God idea before you pursue his God idea. He wants to be creating you the God individual he's already had an idea of that he's making you into, sanctifying you into, renewing your mind into. He wants you to become the God idea of the individual he had the idea of that will be mature enough to pursue the God idea with the right motives. So evaluate the motives behind the idea. A good idea often involves motives that go beyond personal gain. It goes beyond personal gain. Yeah, you're going to personally gain, but that ain't your main motive. Like, like every worker is worth their wage. So don't get me wrong. You're going to gain when you pursue God ideas. But at the same time, that's not your initial motive. And reflects a desire to honor God and serve others. If that is your default motive and default motor, it's your motive and it's your motor, man, then you will begin to really see and distinguish what a good idea is versus a God idea. If your motives are primarily rooted in personal ambition or gain, it may be worth reassessing the idea in light of God's purpose. Now, here are three reasons or five reasons why people don't pursue or finish producing their God idea. And then we're going to get to my three reasons why you must, okay? So let's keep through it. And if you're watching live, put something in the chat. Let me know what you're getting something from it. Now, here are three, five reasons why people don't pursue or finish producing their God idea. Number one, fear and uncertainty. Fear of the unknown or uncertainty about the outcomes can often paralyze individuals, causing them to hesitate or completely avoid pursuing their God-given ideas. Fear of failure. 
criticism or the challenges associated with stepping into the unknown can hinder people from taking the necessary steps to bring their ideas to fruition. So a lot of people, because of fear and uh, of the uncertainties that comes with stepping out, causes people not to step out. Fear of failure, criticism, or challenges associated with, there are a lot of things associated with you stepping out. There's going to be a lot of negatives that come when you step out. You're going to have a lot of resistances, a lot of remembrances when it comes to stepping out. You're going to have demonic resistance. You're going to have internal remembrances. And, and think remembering back when mom and dad said that negative phrase about when you first initiated the idea of pursuing it. You're going to go face the criticism and comparisons back in high school and, and, and your life right now. There's it's going to be a lot of things associated with there was a lot of things associated with me stepping out you don't think that every time i started it doesn't creep in my mind josh man go ahead and quit the video you don't think there was times when i wrote the book and got in writer's block and, and i let a person read it and they and they just uh, uh uh said whatever they said it didn't creep in my mind there's a lot of things that comes with stepping out but you got to step out and step on and and step through because everything worth having is on the opposite side of fear. Number two, lack of confidence. A lack of self-confidence or a belief that their skills and abilities are inadequate can prevent individuals pursuing their God ideas. Doubting one's capacity to successfully execute a vision can lead to hesitation and a reluctance to step out in what? Faith. Overcoming self-doubt and building confidence in their ability to fulfill their God-given purpose is crucial for moving forward. I trust me, this was something that almost hindered me from stepping out. And it could have been for you too. It's that man, that self-confidence, uh, uh, questioning our skills, questioning our abilities, the feelings of inadequacy. Like, like what helped me overcome rejection was embracing God's acceptance. When I knew that God backed me and God called me, it didn't, it didn't matter what people said against me. I know what God said in me. And that brought confidence. And a lot of individuals right now, possibly you, is like the reason why I'm not stepping out because I don't believe in my skills or my abilities. For instance, when I was in high school, um, my giftings wasn't celebrated. You know, I wasn't the beatboxer. I wasn't the rapper. I wasn't the best athlete. I, I wasn't a, 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 a computerly computer uh, 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 good or whatever the phrase is. But but my gifting of of counseling, giving advice, that wasn't celebrated because that was a private thing. Private conversations about people's personal lives was not necessarily celebrated in public. So in high school, when everything's based upon peer recognition. Then all of a sudden now, uh, because I wasn't getting peer recognition, I began to disappear in certain areas. Because when we were five to 14, it was parent uh, parent uh, support. Then it was peer support. See what I'm saying? So when we was kids, it was, it was all about what our parents said. Then when we got into late middle school and all through high school and college, it was what the peers said. Now when you get into things of God, it's what God says. But I remember, man, like, man, I didn't really put too much stock in my gift because I was like, man, ain't no money in this. Ain't no uh, glory in this. And then I realized as I got older, man, how great the skills and the abilities God has placed to me that, that I need to put out there. And if you're struggling with that, I understand. External pressure and distraction, number three, 
external pressures from societal expectations, financial concerns, or family obligations can divert individuals from pursuing their God ideas. The demands of daily life coupled with societal norms may lead people to prioritize more conventional paths, causing them to neglect or abandon their pursuit of ideas that align with their unique calling. Distractions and competing priorities can pull attention away from the divine inspiration they initially felt. Man, there's so many layers in that. Let's go back through it. So external pressures from societal expectations, financial concerns, or family obligations can divert individuals from pursuing their God ideas. How many people right now listening to me, the main reason why you're not pursuing or finishing the production of your God idea is because of family obligations. Because your mom said you will make more money in this, or your dad suggested that you will make money, more money in pursuing this, or, or you allowing societal expectations of, of degrees and college education and masters and doctors, which is nothing wrong with that. But if you're pursuing that only because that's a societal norm in your industry, then my friend, you're going to miss out on the mysteries inside of you. It doesn't matter what your family says or what society says. It's about what God says. You will make the best money and you will live the best life pursuing your unique calling. The demands of daily life coupled with societal norms may lead people to prioritize more conventional paths, causing them to neglect or abandon their pursuit of ideas that align with their unique calling. There is something about you that God wants you to do. See, a broke person is not a person who doesn't have money. Let me say it again. A broke individual is not a person who doesn't have money. A broke person is a person who's not working their God-given purpose. When your life is not working the work that God has given it to work, then your life will not work. You'll be broken. If this phone doesn't work, it's useless. Even though it's a phone and inherently in, in regards to its value, if it doesn't produce what it's supposed to be pr producing, it's broke. It may be shiny. It may look like it worked. But if it don't make calls, it's broke. If it don't open apps, it's broke. If it don't connect to the Wi-Fi, it's broke. And a lot of people are billionaires, but broke. Millionaires, but broke. Bankrupt in heaven. Billionaires down here. When they die, they're going to have nothing in eternity. Because they're not living their life's work. And even though they made a lot of money down a conventional path, it wasn't God's calling for them. Next, number four, comfort zones and routines. The comfort of familiarity and routine can be a significant factor that prevents people from pursuing their God ideas. Stepping into the unknown or making significant changes can be uncomfortable. Uh, where am I at? And individuals may prefer the security of their current situation, even if it means foregoing the pursuit of a calling or inspired idea. Breaking out of the comfort zone requires courage and a willingness to embrace change. See, nothing grows in comfort zones. Everything grows in challenge zones. When you're comfortable, you're not going to grow. But when you constantly challenge yourself to get better, you actually get better. And a lot of people that say, man, this is my routine. This is where I'm comfortable. I hear what God is saying, but man, I'm making a lot of money here. Man, I have all my family here. Yeah, I have a lot of friends here. Man, life just seems better here. But you're going to miss out on the best life because of the comfort zone. 
And a lot of us, they're not afraid of failing. They're, for, they're afraid of the responsibilities of succeeding. It is not the fear of failure that causes people or hinders people from pursuing their purpose. It's the fear of the responsibilities if they were to succeed. If I was to succeed, then man, I may have to uh, 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 level up as an individual. Some of us, we like to be lukewarm. We like to be hot and cold. We like to be hot one day, cold another day. We don't really want the uh, uh, the discomfort of holiness. <clears throat> we don't really like the discomforts of sanctification. But the end product and the byproduct of that supersedes the products you get when you're uh, in between and being lukewarm. Last but not least, past setbacks and disappointments. Previous failures, setbacks, or disappointments and pursuing goals can create a reluctance to embark on new endeavors, including God-inspired ideas. Past experiences of rejection or perceived inadequacy may linger, creating a hesitancy to try again. Overcoming the impact of past setbacks involves a process of healing, self-forgiveness, and a renewed sense of trust in God's guidance and timing. So key. It doesn't matter what your setback was. Your setback wasn't set up to be sent out or to be set out. <clears throat> so when we understand, hey, man, listen, listen, I don't believe in wins and losses. I don't believe in losing. I believe in learning. I believe in wins and lessons. Every mistake, every failure I've ever made in a recent eight, nine years of my life, I look at them as lessons. Because if we look at them as losses, we'll start uh, defining ourselves or identifying ourselves as losers. But we're not losers. You, a loser is an individual who has identified with losing and became a loser because of a loss. But a person who has lost but turn that loss into a lesson, end up finding the blessing in the lesson. And so, yeah, you may have failed. Yeah, you may have, uh, uh, have had disappointments and you may have failed. Keep failing because the more you fail, the more you learn how to sail. And so past experience of rejection or perceiving that. So for instance, when I first uh, wrote my, my first book, Unplugged, do I have a copy? I don't have one of them. When I first wrote my book, Unplugged, I got turned down by two publishers. I got turned down by two publishers back to back. We're not talking about back to back. We're talking about back to back, like in a matter of weeks, turned out, boom, boom. I was discouraged because, God, you told me to write this book, and now nobody wants to accept my book, at least the first two people. And then the, something dropped in my spirit about researching, like, uh, how to publish your own book. This was 2008. Kindle Direct Publishing, Amazon's company, just came out like a month or two prior with, uh, with the opportunity to produce your books. That's all I needed. All I needed was to be able to see, okay, if I'm turned down and God says, keep going, I'm going to produce it. And now I own all the rights of my 10 books, own the rights of all my card games, own the rights. And it's, it's, it's interesting why God allowed me to go that route because God loves ownership. Nothing wrong with partnership, but it has to be some level of ownership if there's partnership. We'll talk about that some other time. So just because I was rejected doesn't mean I couldn't keep projecting going forward with the God idea. Now, here are three reasons, and I'm done after this, why you and I must materialize 
and continuously manage our God ideas. Or in other words, three reasons why we must pursue and finish the production of our God idea. Number one, personal growth. The journey of discovering, developing, and distributing our God idea transforms us. As we invest in bringing it to life, we shed negativity and embrace personal growth. It's not just about the idea. It's about becoming the individual capable of bringing it to fruition. So God oftentimes gives you a big idea to pull the bigness out of you, to get rid of the big things off of you. He, he, he gives you that big idea. He gives you that God idea. He gives you just the scraps. He gives you just the raw material. For instance, you've never seen God make a table. You never seen God make a car. You never seen God make a plate. You never seen God make anything. He only gives us the raw material. He says, what would you do? Oh man, on our call the other day in my masterclass about the manufacturing mindset, here's a revelation that God gave me in the midst of that video. I'm gonna give it to you today. I was talking in the video about how the reason why God brought the animals to Adam for him to name the animals was not because God didn't have names for the animals. The reason why God brought the animals for Adam to name them because he wanted Adam to exercise his mind. Meaning this, Adam was able to use his own mind to be able to name the animals. God doesn't just say, hey, name this the zebra. No, name this the elephant. No, God says, I want to see what you are naming. So God brings you the raw materials to see what you are naming. God brings you the raw materials to see what you would do with it. He gives us the creative licensing, the creative ability with a heart that's uh, 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 made of fresh and anew for us to see what we'll do with what he brings us. So when God brings you that situation as a raw ingredient or raw materials, he wants your renewed mind to refine the idea, release the idea, take the pain, take the fatherlessness, take the abandonment, take the abuse, take the rejection, take all the negative raw materials and then refine them, turn the pain into gain. Not Don't let the pain remain a stain. Most people, they allow the pain to stay a stain when you can take that pain and gain. That's why you have to have a manufacturing mindset that says, okay, I see the raw ingredients. The issue with modern day Christianity is that people want the finished product, but they don't want the, uh, the raw ingredients. God, that's backwards. God doesn't give you a finished product. He gives you the raw materials and he wants you to finish the product so that you have a finished product, a desired outcome you desire. So God is bringing you things to see what you would name them, to see what you would do with them. Because if God does everything for us, we won't be able to enjoy the beautiful process of becoming the individual that's able uh, um, to create things that will bring the residuals. So personal growth, the journey of discovering, developing, distributing your God idea transforms you. As you invest in bringing it to life, as you invest the time, the energy, the faith, as you invest bringing it to life, you shed the negativity. Man, the more I begin to invest in my coaching and invest in my gifting, investing in my talents, man, you can't tell me nothing. I'm called to this. I can ball with this. I won't fall with this or stall with this. 
You see what I'm saying? And so when I began to really begin to di discover my speaking and teaching and abilities, and I began to develop in it, and then I started distributing in it, I became more confident. I became more of a believer. I became an individual that says, yes, I can. As you and I invest in bringing it to life, we shed the negativity and embrace the personal growth. It's not just about the idea. It's about becoming the individual capable of bringing it to fruition. God uses ideas. For instance, God is using my wife and I's marriage to develop us into greater versions of husbands and wives. He's using marriage. He's using the marketplace. He's using business. He's using the, the rigidness and the difficulties of the process to process out of you the negative. That's why it's important for you to love the thing more than you love the things in the thing. What I mean by that? I have to love marriage more than I love my wife. If I don't love marriage more than the one I, if I don't love marriage more than the one I'm married to, then I will quit the game. For instance, there's a big difference between players who love the game of basketball and who just like the game of basketball. People just like the game of basketball. They like to play it, but they don't like everything that comes with it. Those who love the game, they do the suicides. They do the ups and downs. They do all the drills. They do the conditioning like they love it. And so when you love and respect and honor what marriage in of itself, then you will love your wife or husband through because you love the marriage. When you love business, you will love, even though you may not like it, but you will enjoy and embrace it. Embrace is a form of love. It may not be higher forms of love, but it's, you still embrace it because you love business. You love ministry. So that when it's time to go visit people in the hospitals, when it comes down to praying people, even though it may be an inconvenience at the moment, because you love ministry, you will minister. Because you love marriage, you'll stay married. Because you love uh, parenting, you will love your children through the right way. And so God is saying, hey, man, I want to use this idea to make you the individual that's able to stand with this idea, install it into the world, and then my reward back to you is what the fruit brings, what the seed brings. The idea is like a seed. If I invest the seed in the soil, in the marketplace, in, in, in the business world, in the ministry world, in the, in the arts world, wherever it is, and you plant that seed, you see it as one. I, all my books I wrote one time. All my card games, I did one time, but they're sold many times. They brought in money many times. So even though I did it one time, it's bringing to me constantly. I wrote a book in 2009, 2010, 2012, 2000, all the years after that. Books written, did it one time, but I'm receiving many times. That's the return on the investment of a God idea. You do it one time. You, you, you sustain it over a period of time and it will bring more to you. So if I plant an apple tree right now, it's going to produce apples for thousands of years. So number one, the reason why you must pursue and produce or finish the production that God idea because of the individual you're going to become. Number two, the inspiration it will have on others. Your God idea isn't just for you. It's a beacon of inspiration for others. Your action, your courage to release what's inside of you can catalyze change in others who might be stuck in that in or stuck in inactivity. 
Your released idea becomes a roadmap for those looking to break free and pursue their inspiration or God. And so now you have to do it. I must. Do you know how many people I've inspired to do videos? How many people are inspired to write books? How many people are inspired to start business? How many people are inspired to do what they got to do because I did what I'm doing or I did what I did and I'm doing what I'm doing? Right now, somebody's watching me right now and inspiration is bubbling up. The anointing in his message is stirring up that gift inside of them. And I may not ever meet you, but when I meet you and have you, going to be like, Coach Josh, what I found was good, man, because of this video, because of what you did, man. Or I may see in the comments later on in this video, three years from now, five years from now, people going to be commenting like, man, Coach, you stirred an idea in me. That's when people, that's why people love me as their coach. They they want those one-on-ones. They want to be in the Zooms with me because they know, man, when I talk and they give me an idea, they're like, man, I really can. I'm like, yeah, you really can. So if you're inactive, you want to inspire people out of their inactivity. Your God idea isn't just for you. It's a beacon of inspiration for others. Your action, your courage to release what's inside of you. Your courage to, to stay married. Your courage to work it out with your wife and husband. Your courage to, to parent your children the right way. Like the dude, all these are God ideas. God ideas are just not income-based things. God idea, God's idea for marriage. God's idea for parenting. God's idea for anything. When we begin to invest in that God idea, it inspires others to to strengthen and gird up their marriage and parent their children the right way and and pursue their God call, their God uh, calling. You're released. Notice released. We ain't we ain't talking about your uh, your uh, released out of your mouth. Talking released out of your life. We're not talking about what you said you was gonna do. And you said you've been doing it. For, you say you was gonna do it for five years now, but ain't did it. We're talking about the book is published. We're talking about the business is registered. We're talking about the videos are done. You're 40 videos in, you 50 podcasts in. Now we're talking about, we're not talking about one and dones. See, God ain't looking for one and dones. He wants one of, uh, he wants one of many's. Last but not least, income or financial prosperity. God ideas often carry the potential for a financial abundance. The very idea that could elevate your financial standing might be inside the storages of your mind. Releasing it could be the key to unlocking new income streams and creating a lasting legacy, financial legacy for your children's children. The Bible says a wise man or wise person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. I don't want my children to start over. I made it. Now they got to make it. I want to be able to leave them an inheritance, not just financial, but mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical, that they'll be able to holistically hold the financial inheritance down to their kids' kids, then their kids' kids, to their kids' kids' kids, right? So an inheritance is not just about finances, it's about holistic inheritance, right? And so when you begin to understand that ideas come with income streams, all of my God-given ideas produce some level of income. All of my videos produce income. Somebody's either buying a book right now, buying a car game right now. Somebody from this video is going to want to be want to be a part of one of my group coaching programs. Somebody's going to my website right now to do to, to book a one-on-one. People are investing in themselves right now, investing for themselves through me, using my programs and insight, wisdom, and tools and skills to help them fulfill what they want to fulfill. Right now, this God I did this video. Why, whatever reason why God told me to do it. It's going to produce all my books makes me money. All the stuff I've ever done in regards to income based ideas are is bringing income back to my base. And so could it be that the reason why you are where you are 
And the reason why you're slaving at a nine to five or the reason why you're feeling unfulfilled at that six figure, seven figure, eight figure uh, uh, job is because you're not fulfilling your God call. The best money and the most peaceful money and the best of situations is in what God is calling you to. So could it be that the reason why you're not financially where you desire to be is because you haven't put, invested in that God-given idea that will produce the income streams that will be uh, uh, streams flowing down generations, five generations down from your life? So three reasons why you must pursue and finish the production of that God idea. Because number one, the individual you're going to become. Number two, the inspiration it'll give. And number three, the income that you can be able to receive. I pray this message was inspiration. I pray you all right now ready to get into those God ideas. I have no worksheet for you. This was this is what God gave me today. And so I just want to give you the word raw as is. And if you want to listen to that manufacturing mindset, which is probably one of the top three, top five messages I ever preached in my life. I mean, classes I've ever given in my life, coaching. It wasn't necessarily preaching, it was coaching. If you want some of the best material ever, man, I'm telling God, the Holy, the Holy Spirit was doing this thing. Then go to, let me find a link for you. December Masterclasses. Join my Masterclass today. And this Thursday, we'll be going live in the Zoom. Go ahead and register for that Masterclass. We're going to be talking to entrepreneurs. We're going to talk about talking to people who are high achievers or aspirants, people who are aspiring to be high achievers, high fulfillers, high producing individuals. And we're going to talk about holistic success, God's versus success. So all those entrepreneurs, professionals, people desiring to be successful, or already successful, and you're doing it big, but you're not doing it big with at home. You're not doing it big in your walk with God, and you want to make sure that you're truly holistically successful because whatever you, wherever you have holes in your life, will eventually put holes in your pockets or your pocketbook, and you'll end up paying money to try to patch up the holes you could have patched up before you had holes in your money. And so if you need help in that area, you want to learn more about holistic success, join me for free this Thursday. Hit that link, December Masterclass Series. Every month I'm going to be doing a four free masterclasses. And then I'm going to give you guys invitation to be a part of our group coaching programs so that you guys can get the fast track uh, 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 path to the desired outcomes you have mindset-wise and also success-wise. Uh, because, um, yeah, so check out that master class there. Check out all my links, in the descriptions, my links in the description box below all of my books. If you want to better understand your multiple purposes and you want to be able to fulfill them all at a high level, this book multi-purpose will be a great resource for you. If you want to check out our merch, well done. We have a good merch line there. Well done as a motivational tool to do well, be well, so that we can hear well done when we get to heaven. If you're face to face with situation, not sure if it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, and this is a book right here that'd be very good for those for this lesson here. If you really want to learn how to test what's in front of you and discern God's best, this book, Counterfeit a Counterpart, would be a great book for you. If you're struggling with your feelings and you want to find the facts behind them and you just want to get better with your feelings, this book is a great journal for you. If you're looking for a book to help you more with wholeness, this book, The Wholeness Journal, will be a great resource for you. Also, a good card game, a fun way to play with friends and family and better understand whole. The first one who spells holes wins. Very fun, interactive card game. Uh, great dialogues and great questions and great activities in that card game there. If you uh, want to better understand the purpose of your singleness so that you can be able to understand and embrace the purpose of mingleness, this book, The Purpose of Singleness, will be a great resource for you. This book, Dating Prep, is good for singles, those who are courting or dating, and those who are married. 
For those who are single, this book will help you already define your non-negotiables and know what to look for in a dating partner. Those who are dating someone right now, you will begin to see if this person even God sent for you. You'll be able to see, are we on the same sentence, on the same paragraph, on the same page? Being on the same page is not enough. If I, by me having a class, if I have two people reading at the same time on two different paragraphs, it only causes confusion for those who are trying to follow and read. But for those who are already married, this is a great game, man, to just keep keep the spark alive and keep the corporation that you're building as a marriage building strong. If you have a young person that you want them to start their art early, this book, as he says, would be a great book for them. And if you're struggling with spiritual warfare, this book, World War Me, would be a great resource for you. We also got court uh, dating prep card games. Facts over fields, card games, and memory muscle. I'm gonna post, I'm gonna create graphics for those so you guys can see those. And then my two, three coaching group, two group coaching programs, a mindset program. If you want clarity of mind, if you want to be have a, that creative mind, if you want to have confidence mentally to pursue the things of God, and you just want to make sure that your mind is right, man, and strong, check out my mindset program. If you're an individual who is successful, who is a high achiever or an aspirant, an entrepreneur or entry-level entrepreneur or individual that just is successful uh, and you want to make sure that you holistically successful, you want to make sure that your family good, your children good, your walk with God good, you want to make sure that you don't have any holes in your life or you've noticed, yo coach, I got some holes in my life. Because I'm not walking with God, I'm losing the favor of God. Because I'm not really spending time with my wife, I'm losing my connection with her. Because I'm so busy, I'm not able to spend time with my children. I feel like I'm losing them. Or, or coach, you know, I'm professional, man, but, but I'm lacking confidence right now. Whatever the holes are, man, when we patch up those holes, man, you'll begin to find yourself holding more things and being able to have the strength to hold things well. So if that pertains to you, check out my fulfillment program. Links in the description box below. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I catch y'all next time. And I, I'm going to see what people are saying. Felicia says, yes, this is definitely the truth. Ephraim says, amen, coach. Uh, thanks for being obedient. God gets the glory. Nothing is waste without God. It's definitely, you're right. Hallelujah. Wow, that's good. Thank y'all so much for joining and comment. Love y'all. Catch y'all next time. Peace.